Welcome to another edition of Texas Steampunk Connection. This is episode seven. A whole seven episodes already. We're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's almost four months. Almost, yeah. Right. Every two weeks. <laughs> I'm glad you're still with us. Yes. Uh, you are talking to us, or we're talking to you. Uh, this is uh, Flavio here. That's me. And I'm Fax. <laughs> oh, and we're coming to you from our Steam Lounge. No, sorry. Is that where we are today? <laughs> yes. I thought we were deep in the... Uh, <laughs> The uh, engine room, you can hear the engines coming oh, yes. from behind. The machinery. Also known as my refrigerator. <laughs> Don't ruin It's the theater of the mind. <laughs> so, we, as usual, we'll probably, let's get started with the events coming up. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, jump right into the uh, upcoming schedule so you know where to go to have uh, all kinds of steampunk fun. Punk adventures. Sure, yeah. I mean, first off is, well, July 7th. Is, well, actually, this, we should start off. Today is the 17th, Sunday. <laughs> we're recording this Sunday. We should, uh, you should be hearing this Monday, Monday or, or later, but you should be hearing this on Monday. Hopefully Monday, yes. Um, so, so on the 9th, the, the 19th, Tuesday, Tuesday, Beers and Gears at Sherlock's. That's our, our monthly meetup right. that Fax is kind of in charge of now. Uh, <laughs> more or less. More or less. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a very uh, low-key uh, event where we come together, have some beers, get a little social. Um, Did you have a theme for this one, sort of, kind of, not really? Not, not as such, uh, but let me pull up my notes here. Um, I was talking with uh, Lisa Turner, uh, a local steampunk celebrity here. Yes. Uh, or, I think she's a hidden power behind the steampunk. Here. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy that. Uh, she suggested that, that we, uh, we play a little game that she heard about called Bring Your Own Book. And the way she's described it to me, it's, uh, it's kind of like uh, Cards Against Humanity. But instead of getting cards, you bring a book, any book, a random, whatever book you like. And there's the, the, the fill-in-the-blank card. And you fill in the blank with things you find out of your book. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds like it could be fun. Uh, and interesting. It was, yeah, it, unusual. It'll get people interacting with each other. <laughs> it, I hope so, but it would require everyone to bring books. Yes. Or so, me to bring enough books for everyone, which I'd rather not do. That's a lot of books. Oh, maybe. <laughs> depending on the day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it could be fun. Uh, if if uh, enough people are interested, give it a bit of a go. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, low key. Have it some beers, have it some some nosh, if you will. Some laughs. Um, good time. So yeah, that's Tuesday. But not the only thing on Tuesday, right? Right. Apparently in San Antonio, there's this thing called Tedrick Hall Straight Out of Oz Tour. I just Actually, I saw this earlier and didn't think anything of it. But now that I'm thinking about it, I wish I looked at it closer. Because it looks interesting. I wish I could go. But it's, you were saying, uh, I asked who's Tedrick Hall. And... Uh, I was just reading the bio they had here on Facebook. He's a Broadway actor, MTV star, American Idol finalist, and a viral YouTube personality. <laughs> he's put a new twist on the Oz, Wizard of Oz. Um, apparently, he's, I don't know. According to this, he's uh, written over 20 original songs. He brings to life this American classic like you've never seen it before. This summer, you don't have to go to Oz because Straight Out of Oz is coming to a city near you. Watch as Todrick and his talented crew tell a tale of Hal's adventures from his small town in Texas to the big Emerald City lights of Oz Angeles. <laughs> How does a Hollywood hopeful succeed in the business while dodging falling houses, wicked witches, and infamous paparazzi? Find out. Yeah. 
Well, he's going from Texas to there. Well, we have most of us. <laughs> this is true. I don't know about Papa But, Ross. I mean, as you said, you think Wizard of Oz is kind of steampunk right off the bat, right? Is that I what you do. said? Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's got some very clockwork and uh, strange magic and a wizard in a balloon. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, in the comic book realm, I haven't read any of them, but there has been some Wizard of Oz comics, and one of them was like Weird West Oz or Weird Tales of West Oz, something like that. But And there was also steampunk Oz. There's been different iterations of mm-hmm. comic books of Oz, and some of them are steampunk events. I will, sure. I will look into them in the future if I can find them. So they're getting hard. You know, the, the non-mainstream comics get hard to find after over time. Mm. Um, but that just looks like it's really cool. I mean, he's got, he's, got, he's got a nice top hat on the picture and nice coat. So, I mean, you know, it may not be – it's it, it, it's definitely steampunk friendly. Yeah, the, the picture says, yeah, we need to go to the show. <laughs> we, we won't be there because it's in San Antonio and it's Donna. This work Tuesday. But if you're – if the possibility is there for you to see it, uh, do a Facebook search for Padraig Hall straight out of Oz Tour. Uh, if, he, if he's not in San Antonio, maybe he's somewhere else nearby. I'm sure he'll, he'll be touring uh, elsewhere, but that, that, you know, that's the one closest to us that we happen to see. Uh, definitely looks cool. And then tell us about it. Was yes, it any good? definitely. Yeah, send us send, send us a review. It's like I'm seeing pictures here. Maybe, I don't know, it looks like a Cinderella carriage on that one. Okay. But okay. anyway, so moving on to the next, the next thing. Uh, that's... Ooh, July 23rd? Yes, that's next weekend. Uh, that's Steampunk Ball in New Orleans. Which We mentioned that last episode uh, briefly. Um, that's coming up this coming weekend. Time is passing. or It's coming up quickly if you wanted to go to New Orleans for any reason. and Or you didn't have any reason. Now you, you can come up with a reason with Steampunk Ball. You don't need a reason to go to New Orleans. This is true. This is very, very true. In fact, just going, to New, just going to New Orleans is almost Steampunk. I mean, come on. The, the architecture there, walking around... You know, the, 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 uh, the, 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 what do they call it? The downtown area that, they, that we walked around in? Uh, um, the French Quarter. The French Quarter. Just walking around the French Quarter is steampunk enough sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, the artists that are there, the food, the liquor, you know, if you like that. Um, <laughs> it, it, there's, there's nothing that's not cool about New Orleans. Um, yeah, and then there's this uh, this... Evening of, of a steampunk uh, revelry. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a wild time with all the stuff they have going on there. I'll put a link up to it again so you can uh, you know look at it. Or, or just it search steampunk ball New Orleans. Yep. It should come right up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's that's easy, quick and easy. And then we have, let's see, what do we got here? August, August 6th. Okay, into August now. Yeah, we're on into August. I believe it's August 6th. Yep, August 6th. The, the Wimberley Floodgages, they're having what they call the Steampunk Craft Fair. I want to stop here and say, I apologize if I offended anyone by not being able to remember Steampunk Floodgages in the last episode. For some reason, it just would not take my mind. But now I've written it down. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll never forget it again. <laughs> uh, but they're good folks, as, as we've talked about before. Their first big uh, event coming up this August. Um, the first weekend in August, August 6th. Wimberley is a beautiful place. Uh, downtown is very shaded, very cozy. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, because we met them at that ghost town group meetup that we went to. And, they're yeah, they're really nice people. They seem very excited about getting the steampunk. And 
they were like, yeah, we want to do stuff. Let's, you know, it's like, so they started doing stuff. They're going to do this craft fair. And then next, then later on in the, in the, in the year, I think, um, in September, which is further, but still September 11th, they're going to do teapot racing. I think we mentioned this last time as well. (laughs) So that, that sounds, you know, so these guys, they're excited. They want to, they want to get into it and they're getting into it. And I fully accept it and encourage them. Oh yeah. I'm excited that they're excited. Yes. It's because it'll help get us more excited as well. The more things that go on. Yeah. So, I mean, that's two things right there. One, one in August, one in September, both by the same group, uh, the Wimberley flood gauges, you know, they don't have a, they, they still don't have a page yet, but they have the, the steampunk craft fair has a page, an event page on, on Facebook. So you can also right. look that up as well as their teapot races. They have a, a, a an event page as well. And then, Okay, so I, well, I thought, okay, so later in August as well, the Steampunk LARP that we uh, had, we had, we had the guests, we had one of the writers on, the creators on it recently, right? Several, uh, several, several episodes, episodes, episodes back. The, uh, you interviewed them. Yes, the Shadows of Solace. They're having, they're having their first game August twenty sixth. They're, yeah, they have. It's a, it's a weekend event. It's an overnight event, and they have, the, they have. Uh, Cabins, I think. I'm not sure if they actually have camping, like for tents, but they definitely have cabins available. So it's not all out in the in the wilderness, you know. It is a uh, private land, that's my understanding. So I can't imagine you couldn't pitch a tent there. Why would you if there's cabins? It's right in August, but uh, okay. Um, <laughs> yes, they, they've been working hard on making this LARP game. We 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 sampled the game at Chubacabra um, Con. And they seemed like they were nice people. Good times. They, they you know, they, they definitely have uh, Nerf guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have uh, Nerfs of your own uh, that you have not uh, modified to any great degree, uh, I'm sure uh, you could bring those and uh, make that part of your your experience. Uh, mm-hmm. The, uh, what do you call it? Shadows of Solace. Shadows of Solace. It's their first game, so you won't, You'll you'll be getting in on the plot at the very beginning. No yes, one knows anything. Uh, right, it's called Shadows of Solace. The Landing is the first game's name. So it's a it's a um, alternate Earth. It's not on Earth. I think they're on a different planet. But you know, it's right, it's, right. it's a whole it's, it's a whole thing. I mean, it's it. They have a page. Um, I'll put a link up to it. And I'll put a link up to it. Fantasy yeah. Uh, world, not not a alternate history. Uh, Earth, bro. Yeah, exactly. And it's also it's a pay to play because you gotta because they gotta pay for the grounds that they're that they're playing on. How much is it to uh, play for the weekend? Um, looking here, I don't see the price. But it's also uh, we should probably mention that it is in Tyler, Texas. <laughs> right. Well, that's between Dallas and Shreveport. Yeah, I think. it's up north, definitely so north. It's the drive for, for us in Austin, but uh, not, that doesn't mean it's not worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's along the same vein of, I mean, if you've been to Dystopia Rising or Planet Fall, I imagine it'd be something like those. Not that I've been to either one of them, but they're, all, they're weekend events and they have people camp and crash out and have they have their own grounds that they play in kind of thing. Um, definitely different rule sets, of course, but, you know, if you but, like if you like Planet Fall or if you like Dystopia Rising, check them out. If yeah, it is a light touch buffer style game. So mm-hmm. if you've had any experience uh, with any of those, um, 
even if you come from an amp guard or, or uh, um, full strength buffer game, you, you've got the basic concepts. Mm-hmm. And uh, from our experience, their their hit point base was very low. Um, so uh, very similar, easy to adjust to uh, their their game style. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't see the price, but I know it's supposed to be a pay to play, at least for you know, so they can pay for food and the grounds and stuff. Because I think, I mean, I, I believe they'll feed you <laughs> if you pay for it, of course. If you if you buy the lunch yeah, package, yeah, I, I would just reach out to uh, uh, Ben Rhodes, the guy who runs it. Uh, he's hosting the event uh, on Facebook. If you go to Shadows uh, uh, of Solace or you find the landing event. Um, it says hosted by Benjamin William Rhodes. Mm-hmm. So he's the guy to answer all of your questions uh, regard to details of that event. Right. And, the, and they've already got the next one up, which is um, a month later for the next, for the next event. It's a, they want it to be a monthly event. Um, but the first one is August 26th, the landing. That's the, that's the one that we should be focusing on right now. We're worried about the rest later. Um, and, I, and I skipped ahead because on August 16th is the cross time cabaret. <laughs> Which is which is in, in taking you know taking the spot of the gears and beers for that month, right? So it's the third Tuesday of the month. Our normally scheduled uh, uh, meetup. It's at Sherlock's Pub, our yep. normal place to meet. Yep. Cross time uh, cabaret host, hosted so by Russ Argo. Russ Argo, the man, uh, the myth, the legend. Ran every event, uh, every monthly event at Sherlock's. And he really puts his all into yes, it. Yes, he does. Uh, what's the uh, what's what's he doing this? It's uh, it's gonna have it's gonna have burlesque. We're gonna have the radio play. Okay. Um, that's all I really know at the moment. But I mean, you you were in the radio. I play. am in the radio play. We had at least two others before this, and they were mm-hmm. they were yep. great. But we, I think we had we had three. We had a Sherlock Holmes radio play that we okay. had an old timey one that we did. No, was it Sherlock Holmes? No, it wasn't. It was a shadow. We did a shadow. Orig- not an original script. It was an old script from the old radio play of The Shadow from many, 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 many years ago. Okay. And we redid it, and we had a good time. Um, then we did another. I think it was yeah, there was a Sherlock Holmes that we did. I don't think that was an original either. It was an old, an old timey one from an old script. But then we had an original script as well. That was the third one that we did, and this one's going to be an original script also. This coming up one. And uh, Yep, he's the writer, mm-hmm. and he's writing this new one too. And it, it was really good. He's definitely got the, the texture of, of the yes. old radio play style. Yeah, I think um, it was well, really his, cool. Yeah, his idea behind he works at the Museum of the Weird in downtown, downtown Austin here. Mm-hmm. And his, his concept is basically the stuff that's in there. Well, there's stories behind them all. <laughs> and he's going to write stories about, you know, well, where did this come from and, how, and what's going on with it and kind oh. of thing. <laughs> you know, interesting. I, I didn't realize that was that kind of tie-in. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so cool. that's where he's getting his ideas from the museum of the weird, and you know, he'll see something in there, and he'll form a story around it. <laughs> you know. Okay. So, and as, as his character is the guy who found these objects or whatever, you know, it, that's 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 the that's the brainchild of Doc Ravencraft, and he's coming up with it. You know, and like I say, we're we're looking to expand it in the future, but right now we're just one 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 thing at a time. <laughs> One thing at a time, but that's going to be a great time. You know, burlesque, a radio show. He might even—I think he might even do his little magic tricks, magic show that he does on the side, as well. You know, he—he's getting a little bit. He's got—he's got—he's got good tricks. He's got—he's good. His magic. Uh, 
So, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not really privy to the whole thing. There is a, there is a, there is an event page. So I'll put that up there too as well. So that's, that's everything coming up, I believe. Well, yeah, I already mentioned the teapot, teapot races. And at the end of, at the end of September, it's going to be where I'm going out of town to a symposium in Seattle. So last week in September, um, still not too late. If you guys want to join and go <laughs> buy your tickets now and get your airplane and, and a hotel. It, I, I mean, I've never been to it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, ho I'm hoping to have a good time. It helps that I have a friend already there waiting for me. So, you know, we can have, we can have some fun. I won't be all by all my own, on my own, you know, it definitely helps when you know at least one person mm -hmm. at the place you're going to the, the, Social anxiety. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think I'd be able to go if it was just me by myself. I'd, I'd be, I don't know. My social anxiety does kick in sometimes. And who doesn't? Yeah. yeah I, I understand <laughs> where you're coming from right there. Yeah. But, so that, that's all the happenings all right. that are coming up. What are we going to talk about now? Let's talk about Pokemon Go. No, I'm Is kidding. that steampunk? No, no. <laughs> okay, so we'll play. We'll play. Is it steampunk? No, Pokemon no, Go. No, no, it's not steampunk. <laughs> okay. Well, it doesn't. No. Have, it's not Victorian. No. All right. <laughs> Let's not talk about Pokemon Go. I don't even think there's even a Pokemon steampunk Pokemon or anything. Anyway, so okay. Yes. Well, Mewtwo was kind of like a, no. I have no idea. <laughs> I, don't I know, know that's a Pokemon. But I don't know what it is. They don't, none of them wear top hats that I know of. Ooh. And if they do, okay, point it out to me, but don't get mad. <laughs> if you want to submit a picture of mouth with a top hat and a monocle, and I'll say. With a cane. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. We need this. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do, actually. <laughs> I agree. We do need that. <laughs> but yeah, we went to, actually, one of the, la one of the events that, was, that we mentioned last time was the Sultan's Feast. We went to that this weekend, this Saturday, and we dressed up in steampunk because we know, hey, it's a, it's a belly dancing, and we've mentioned before that there's a crossover there, at least. Oh, in our heads, anyway. In our heads, yeah. It's, it's, it's a good place to go dressed up in steampunk. And that's what I, want, I, I thought we should talk about uh, for a little while today. Uh, going out in public in your steampunk gear. Um, it's fun. Yeah, this is something that, that, that we do. Uh, Quite often, all, all the time. Yeah, I as mean, often as we can. If we couldn't go out in public in our steampunk stuff outside of a quote-unquote steampunk event, we we just we'd never get to do any of these fun things. Exactly. So we find something that looks interesting. It's like that's close enough. Let's get dressed up for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like like belly dancing shows is is a good one, and we mentioned that before. But the, yeah, the steampunk. But, yeah, the the Sultan's Feast was a good one. Um, I wanted to bring this up because uh, apparently not everyone has the same experience that we do. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Professor. So um, we've, we've talked Dr. about it before. Dr. We were in Las yeah. Vegas. Uh, we met basically the, the steampunk guru of all things, um, the, the, the godfather of steampunk in Las Vegas. Uh, who goes by the name Doc Phineas. Um, you may have seen him on uh, that uh, oh, Pawn the, Stars, the Stars yeah. TV show. Uh, occasionally they call him in as an expert in, in antiques and antiquities. Um, and he's just he's just an amazing person. It was great to meet him. Yep. At, at, uh, he's, he's, he, he's like, well, yeah, he, 
a much older gentleman, but boy, he has more energy than anyone else. <laughs> he would not stop. Oh, but uh, at one point, uh, we got to sit down with him, not personally, but as a larger group, and uh, he told us a story about uh, him going out in steampunk gear uh, to a Renaissance festival. Mm-hmm. Um, California, I don't know. Um, and uh, Being- he does not... He does not go halfway. He when he dresses in steampunk, he he is sharp as a tack. Yes. The man knows how to put it together. Yeah, and he has so he was looking fine. Understand? He he was looking dapper, and uh, he got to the front, and they would not let him in. He bought his ticket. He was you know at the gate with his ticket out, and they said, "You're not dressed appropriately. You can't come in here." And uh, and. I mean, he was taken aback. He was shocked, as anyone would be. Right, especially he when he looks back at the people behind him in their t-shirts in their, and shorts and it, you jeans know, and whatnot, booger picking kids yeah. and whatever. Um, but the the uh, power tripping guy at the front gate said, "No, you're you don't you're not appropriate for this Renaissance fair. You'll have to go home." Even though he's already bought his ticket, I I couldn't even. I couldn't even. It's how such an outrageous story at the time. I couldn't even rock it. <laughs> is this a real thing? Did this really happen? But I'm. I'm not going to call him a liar. I'm just just so taken yeah. aback by it. Um, long story short, he knew the manager of the Renaissance Fair. Mm-hmm. He came back with about two dozen other steampunks the very next day uh, after talking to so and so. Because I believe he was also. Outside, I mean, outside of steampunk, he was also like a, a, he has a title at that fair as well. Yeah, yeah. So, He's been a so, Rennie for many years and, and knows so, people. So it's people. not like he was a stranger there. They, you know. And they opened the doors and let him and his two dozen steampunk friends right into the front door. I don't know what happened to a power-tripping SCA boy who wouldn't let them in. Right. And, and um, since then, he's gone on a crusade against steampunk bullying. <laughs> that was one of the things that he was always talking about. Don't let steampunks bully you. Because he has or, the or steampunk... Society, what's it, what's it called? It? The Steampunk... Uh, guild? The Guild, yeah, yeah. Steampunk Guild. He started up the Steampunk Guild for anti-bullying of steampunks. So, if, you, you know, know, one steampunk another says, oh, you're not steampunk enough. What you're <laughs> doing isn't the right thing to do. And, yeah, who, who should you do that? Uh, I know we, we play along all around with, well, is this steampunk or not? But, eh, it, it doesn't matter what we say, right? Right. Um, we, we try to be fairly open-minded and and uh, um, inclusive rather than exclusive. Yeah. But you know, if you don't agree with with our determination of a book or The Wizard of Oz or whatever we think is or is not steampunk, who cares? And what you want to do? Yeah. And if you do come to one of our events, like the Beers and Gears events, you don't have to dress up in steampunk if you don't want to. Right. Uh, you, you, know. you can just any way you want. <laughs> you know, you can come up in your you know flip flops and shorts. It doesn't matter. You know, and we, if you must, if you must, it is hot outside. You know, <laughs> <laughs> flip flops, though. Okay, really? whatever. Maybe not flip flops, but what if the place caught fire, you wouldn't be able to run out. <laughs> well, you know, think of your own safety. <laughs> safety first. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. So yeah, it made me question. Well, what? How? How are other people having? What? What kind of experiences are people having? Yeah. Are you, are you? Are you being bullied into the real world in their steampunk? 
kit. There. Are you afraid to go out in your steampunk kit? Have you been, you know, told you look dumb or or ridiculous or something? Because honestly, I think that has never happened to no, us. No, never. We have always. People have always liked us. They see us. They're like, that's cool. Is that steampunk? Yes, that's steampunk. They want to take our picture. I love that we don't have to explain what steampunk is anymore. Yeah. It used to be, what are you dressed up for? What are you doing? Yeah. Steam what? Now, that's that's a word that people know, mm-hmm. uh, which is exciting, even if they're they're not into steampunk themselves. Um, but they know it, and they'll, they they kind of, they're like, that. they ask us, is that steampunk? It's like, yes. Yes, yes we're steampunk. Um, we've gone to, you know, Local restaurants. Mm-hmm. As, yeah, I think we went. Uh, there were six of us at a table. Yeah, all, that's uh, right. Dressed up uh, in our egos and what have you. Uh, we've gone to. We've talked about this before. Going to balloon festivals. Yeah, balloon festivals. Which is a, there's one in Plano coming up in September. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah, that's later. Another event, uh, another something something to look forward to. Uh, we've gone to movie showings for movies. That yes, that's always fun. Yeah, uh, steampunk appropriate. Uh, we talked about uh, April in the Extraordinary World. Um, yep, we went to the theater uh, for that episode. Went to the movie theater for that, and and we went in steampunk here. Um, and we had it, it was almost empty theater, which is too bad. But yeah. the few people who were there, somebody came up to us and said, "Oh, you're steampunk! I so wish I would have dressed up for this too." <laughs> because of course you want to. It's perfect. Right. Um. Yeah. And after we, I mean, after before we went to the the Sultan's Feast, we went to a little antique shop, and you know, we fit right in there. Actually, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and then we went to a a, a brew pub, brew pub, uh, out between uh, San Marcos and Wimberley. And we got a shout out by the band from the band. Yeah, nobody. I mean, we we uh, we got our picture taken by a couple of people mm-hmm. because you know we stand out. But they were excited. They were happy to see us. They thought we looked cool. Uh, the band there gave a shout out to us and, and dedicated a song to us. <laughs> everybody was pleased to see us. Uh, one uh, older fellow asked us if we were in the uh, Wild West reenacting, you know, yeah, black, black powder, powder uh, acting groups, uh, which is something that happens in in Texas. Um, yeah, because I mean, I go more, I go more Western steampunk. So I'm wearing a cowboy hat. You had a cowboy hat. That's I what, did at the time. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, but we're not now. Now my girlfriend is like, well, maybe we should do that. That's kind of. I'm thinking about it too. Yeah, that does sound cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it occurred to me if if other people are not getting this kind of experience, I heard about um a group of steampunks. I don't remember where there was a mall. Oh yeah, and there got, was a they got kicked out of the mall. They got kicked out of the mall for looking weird. I guess. I think, the had, I think their, ex- their excuse was like it was too like gang colorish or they, they were a gang. Yeah, they were a weird Victorian dressed <laughs> gang. Oh, what 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 is that about? Yeah, I don't understand. They were there to like ride the Ferris wheel inside the. Mm-hmm. This was called right Ferris wheel. Yes. No, that that's up and down. No. The around the brown. <laughs> Merry go round. <laughs> yes, but bigger with the little horsies. That's not a merry-go-round? Uh, no. Uh, whatever. Doesn't matter, because they didn't get to go on it, because they got kicked out of the flipping mall, because yeah. they looked too good. And, we, and does that happen that, anywhere that, else? Yeah, that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, we, we've gone to zoos. 
Yeah, yeah. We went to zoos dressed up in our safari outfits, you mm-hmm. know, and no one said anything to us. And people took our pictures. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it, it occurs to me, uh, to finish my thought, that maybe it's because we live in Texas. And uh, steampunk slash Victorian slash Wild West Texas costume is sort of embraced here. Oh. It's, it's uh, yeah, you're, you're dressing up as, a, as Western wear. Um, and so people kind of accept that. And, and people know what steampunk is more uh, around here um, than they used to. Yeah. But I think that all kind of comes together. Texans, although I never ever thought about it before, they're not they're not opposed to dressing weird no. <laughs> in a in a certain kind of way. Right. In a, in you they're know. used. I mean, they they used the cowboy hats and stuff like that, and and, and yeah. jeans. Well, not jeans, but boots and cowboy hats and anything shiny and, and, <laughs> or big buck buckles or Victorian whatnot. Victorian vests or, yeah. or uh, waistcoats. Mm-hmm. Those are things that are not unfamiliar here. But maybe there aren't uh, elsewhere. I was like, this reminds me slightly different. It's like back in the days when I was in high school, I had a cousin that grew up overseas, like in Okinawa, because his dad was on the Air Force. Uh And he came and visited, and it was on a Sunday morning, and we're getting dressed to go to church, and I put on my cowboy boots. And he's looking at me, he's like, you're going to wear those to church? You don't have dress shoes? Like, these are my dress shoes. (laughs) See? Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) He was like aghast, like I was going to wear cowboy boots to church. Or like fancy restaurants where you're expected to wear a tie. Here you can wear a bolo. Yep. Uh, and that is that is perfectly acceptable, reasonable. Uh, 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 what do I want to say? Oh, tie paraphernalia. Yeah, right? I, mean, I, I wear a bolo in my, as, in my outfit. You know? Because you know what? It's hot here. Yep. And wearing a tie is friggin' hot. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, I... It's just something I never thought about. Texas culture being uh, accepting of of classic Victorian style costumes to a little degree, and, and we're just sort of pushing that envelope. Yeah. And especially since the Ren Fairs here in Texas, they all, they they've embraced it somewhat. They even have their own you know steampunk weekends. You know, they put aside a weekend for steampunk nowadays. Mm-hmm. The Texas Renaissance Festival because that is like the biggest Ren Fair in the country, mm-hmm. I think. You know, and they're they're not fighting it. You know, that no one would say you're 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 not dressed appropriately, even if it wasn't the steampunk weekend and you went right, to steampunk. Yeah. They're not going to stop you. You know, you bought your ticket, go on in, whatever. Right. Um, there are vendors there selling top hats and, mm-hmm. and uh, steampunk attire mixed in with much more, you know, Renaissance fair stuff. But it's all there. Um, even uh, in Galveston, Dickens on the Strand, yeah, uh, which has been a a proper Victorian uh, holiday event for for many years. In the last few years, they've got they they've had a little corner of the uh, of the, 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 the Steampunk Alley, yeah. Steampunk Alley, where where uh, Steampunk vendors uh, really congregate. And uh, yeah, a lot of people wandering around, wandering the streets during uh, Dickens on the Strand with with goggles and strange <laughs> costumes. Uh, but I think the some of the people who have gone to Dickens on the Strand for years and years are like, who are these people? What's with all this goggly business? I don't understand. Um, maybe they're not as keen to see us show up, but, uh, but they're not we're not us. trying to make any trouble. No, we're just having a good time, exactly. just like you are, right? Exactly.
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I want to. I want to know if if you are listening to this show and you uh, have a, a story, a good one or a bad one. Yeah, how you know your experiences out there when you go out in in your proper uh, attire. Uh, how do people treat you? Yeah, leave us. You know, talk to us on uh, on our Facebook. You know, Texas Steampunk Connection. Yeah, yeah. Just talk to us. Feedback. We like feedback. Talk to us, people. Give us more. To, give us more to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you have a, a particular venue or or sort of place that you like to go uh, that maybe isn't steampunk as such, but it is when you show up, yeah. right? Because you're That's bringing class, you're classing the place up. Let us know these places. We'll check them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. That's. I mean, yeah. I, I completely. Yeah, I'm, I'm sometimes I was baffled by the whole steampunk bullying thing that he kept talking about. It's like I don't understand. Yeah, so yeah. weird. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, apparently it's it's out there. But you know, so if you experienced it, let us know. And or you know, like you said, like we said, let us know places you would be appropriate or something. If you fought, if you think there's a place that'd be great to dress up and just go, that let us know about that too. You know, even if you've never done it before, maybe you should. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> You know, find find some find something out there, or some place to go, or something to do, and dress up in steampunk and go out. You'll be surprised. People people like it. It's they'll take your picture. <laughs> At least we hope they will. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, if if you're in Texas, uh, means I think you we're, we're giving you carte blanche to go out and have a good time. Um, and you, I, I will be shocked to hear if you aren't treated uh, with the, the greatest amount of respect. Because at the, at the Sultan's feast, I I saw a lady. Taking pictures of us at a distance. She didn't want to come up to us, but I saw her pointing the camera at us <laughs> at least twice. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's true. In fact, uh, one of the ladies who was working at the uh, festival, uh, we knew through uh, Steampunk. Yeah. Um, and she was so yeah. happy to see us there. Yeah, yeah. And and we met another girl who came up to our table and said, hey, are you guys Steampunk? Because I am also steampunk. Yeah. I'm out of Fort Worth with uh, what, what group? The Sky Marshals. The Sky Marshals. Um, check us out. So we, you know, exchanged notes, and hopefully she's listening to this show right now. Yeah, she said she was with the teaching a teacher conference te- that was or te- play acting teaching conference like that theater teaching contract con- conference, and it, the focus was steampunk. I think she, she said. Wow, <laughs> that's. That's wild. That's very wild stuff. So, yeah. uh, Nicole, if you're listening, hey. Hello. Thanks for coming up to us. It was great to meet you. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, do we have anything else to uh, add to that? Um, in that particular subject, I don't think so. I think we're good. Okay. So I guess we can do a, we'll do a review. How about that? I want to talk about the movie we watched. Oh, the, 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 the Musketeer? The Three Musketeers? The Three Musketeers. Uh, so we've been yes. uh, looking for steampunk films. Yep, we uh, just Googled it. And, <laughs> and right. minutes and minutes of, of deep Googling. <laughs> <laughs> we have come up with a list. Well, not really a list, but we are finding movies that are claimed to be steampunk. <laughs> and we're going to watch them. And that, this time we, we picked, it was, a, it was a Three Musketeers movie. When was it right. made? Uh, what 2011. Year? 2011, Three Musketeers movie. So not the Disney film, which I enjoy very much. Yes, that was a good one. But it's not in any way steampunk. Uh, this, uh, so <laughs> the reason we picked this one, at least the reason I think we picked it, um, I was talking about 
different kinds of, of steampunk or, or different tendrils yeah. of, of... Like what, Weird West and yeah, diesel punk. Dust punk, I, diesel I, punk. Yeah. Uh, um, and we talked about Rococo punk. Yes, which I've never heard of. That's probably the first, was like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what that is, yeah. <laughs> and I said, well... I'm still not quite sure what it is. Let's, let's, let's watch this film. I, uh, and we'll see what you think. <laughs> it was a Three Musketeers movie. It, it is not set in Victorian England. No, it was no. France. And, and not Victorian. It was a 17th century so sort of. pre-Victorian. Yeah. yeah. A, a Rococo period, if you will. I never, that's the first. I never really heard of it before. But So it's, it's huge uh, pompadour. Uh, right. Powdered wigs and and uh, Marie Antoinette style uh, costumes and just over the top uh, gigas, um, along with since it is uh, Three Musketeers, we're going to have uh, uh, fencing and dueling mm-hmm. and all the good things. Um, so yes, it was, but it isn't. It was on the steampunk list. Why? Because they had flying ships. Correct. They had airships. But uh, not Victorian balloon airships exactly. They were they were basically well the the, the sailing ships with big balloons on them instead of sails. With <laughs> sails? They had some really sails. They had, but they're, yeah. they're definitely, you know They were they were yeah. They were they were blimps with ships hanging on the bottom of them. That ginormous ships. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're gonna toss science to the side. That's <laughs> the point of these things, anyway, right, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the whole. It's science. It's, it's a fiction, science fiction. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, the movie itself was a Three Musketeers movie. It had the the original. I mean, the the typical Three Musketeers plot, where you know that the Three Musketeers, D'Artagnan, not D'Artagnan. Um, <laughs> well, D'Artagnan joins them later. Yeah, those guys. They run it. They run into D'Artagnan and. And you know they it's the same. It's, made, it's a similar plot to the one from Disney, mm-hmm. but that from a, I've never read the book, so I'm assuming that's, that's what's happened in the book. I, I have to assume. So. I have not read Alexander Dumas's. But yeah, so I mean, a very similar plot. I mean, the start of it anyway, when they all met and got together. So I mean, that part it's a Three Musketeers movie. The court, the the what I liked about, I mean, actually, their fight scenes were well coordinated. Or well choreographed. I like. I like. I like the choreography and the fight scenes. scenes. That was really good. I wasn't that impressed with the acting on most of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you. Not the acting, but the script uh, was 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 very stinky. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and but some of the delivery, because like some of the scenes were very similar, like from the Disney movie. With the, when they all, when they met for the duel, that when he's like, you know, you're, no, yours not, yours not until two o'clock, yours not until whatever o'clock. Right. It was much better done in the Disney movie. I agree. I <laughs> Just agree. in the in the delivery of it all. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> I thought uh, this one, the that, that whole build up was rushed, and and uh, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, I guess they assumed you knew this story, and they were just going to sort of. Dance across. Okay, here's the plot. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, fight. Right, fight, fight, fight. Um, Which, like I said, the, great, great the, fights. Great choreography. Or but, chore- but yeah, and the fights. The, the whole plot business uh, for that. It seems like they were just having to get through it. 
if if the writers had their way, they would have skipped that business altogether. Uh, I don't know. Putting words in their mouth, I shouldn't. <laughs> but it it did not feel. Um, it, it was very clunky. Right. <laughs> but 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 the the first introduction of the flying ship when it flew over the house or the palace or whatever, mm -hmm. I like that. That was a cool scene. Um, in my head, it it just the whole boom surprise we have a flying ship and like wow that actually looked pretty cool you know and then they had a yeah that, that was the only thing i guess that's why it was in the steampunk list because they had yeah. flying ships yeah and, and, <laughs> and weird sort of uh, um, clockwork toys and things did they yeah they had weapons uh so remember mila jovovich oh yeah uh, plays yeah. The, the lady to winter right um she had a few things. And yeah. she's sort of this... Super spy. This, yeah, super spy. Uh, um, Ocean's Eleven kind of... Um, <laughs> and she's got this... this oh, to open like, up that vault. Like a, yeah. Right. Or, or they... Can the, get three keys. Batman and, yeah. gun thing that would right. hoist her up to different levels. Ah, stuff, you know. Silly stuff. Gadgets. Which is one of, the, one of our criteria. Gadgets. Mm -hmm. she, she had the gadgets. Um, I, I, Mila Jovovich, I, I don't think she's a good actor, but I don't think she needed to be a good actor to do well in this movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Orlando Bloom plays, uh, uh, not, they, they call him Nottingham. Um, was it Nottingham? He's, he's, yeah. He's the English Buckingham. Bucking, Nottingham. Okay. Buckingham. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Buckingham, Lord Buckingham? I don't know. Yeah, it's like he must but be famous. He, he has a whole He does a lift. great job at being an obnoxious fop. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he's just trying to outsmug the uh, French king Louis the thirteenth, I think. Yeah. One thing I don't Whatever like about these, these French movies or these movies that, that portray royalty back in the day, I really hate the royalty because they're they're royalty and they're snobs and <laughs> and just don't you know it, it, Everything you hate about a person. You know? But I thought Orlando Bloom pulled it off so well. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah if, if I wanted to be a hated royal snob. That's the one you want to be? That's the one I want to be. So. <laughs> that's because. Oh, he, I mean, yes. But, and he, yeah. He had the, the, the pompadour hair, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. That <laughs> pompadour was amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris. Christoph Waltz played Richelieu. I, he was boring. I, I didn't care about... Uh, um, Who was he? The servant guy? No. Uh, no, that's uh, the, the bishop. No. The, oh, the bishop. The bad guy. Oh, he's supposed to be the, the bishop's supposed to be the bad guy. Not the movies. bishop. He is huh? the cardinal. Cardinal, cardinal. Richelieu. It's, it's been a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, he didn't really come across as a really bad, bad guy. You know, he's he's taking the role from the... the, the in, in the Disney Three Musketeers was so, so good. Yeah. And uh, he just doesn't have the chops for it. No. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, the, the Cardinal's always supposed to be the, the, the bad guy in the yeah. Musketeer movies. Yeah. He, yeah, he didn't really come across as a really bad guy. I mean, not that he was a good guy, but he didn't, yeah, he wasn't, yeah, he didn't have the oomph yeah. behind him. So, um, but, I mean, but, so I guess, if, so it may not be steampunk, but it was Roku punk, as you call it, which is just another offshoot of our genre R now. Rococo punk. Rococo, right. Rococo punk. Um, but one, one uh, fun Easter egg um, that 
you know, first thing, I didn't think anything of it because nobody knew who James Corden was yet. But now, if you are watching the Late Late Show oh, right. or his uh, videos of, uh, um, what do they call it? Uh, drive-by karaoke. I, I, that's not quite right. But, Isn't he the uh, one that singing in cars with with Isn't he the one that discovered the the Wookie mom or whatever? Uh, or she's with him in one of the. She 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 does do a a, a scene with him. Okay. I think it's in a car. I don't know, but he's 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 just a lovely man. I think he is great. Uh, first time I took note of him was in Doctor Who, of uh, the Matt Smith seasons. I don't remember which episodes he's in. That's what the internet's for. <laughs> um, but if you love James Corden, uh, which is easy, uh, yeah, he was actually, yeah, he was you fun. will get to see him uh, as a very young, chubby, long haired, mm -hmm. um, house yeah, he, boy. <laughs> for, I have to admit, yeah. He did do a good job in this movie. He was, yeah, he had more character than most of the, of the characters. Um, he yeah he was a lot of fun and it was it was a surprise to see him and recognize oh wait I know who that is <laughs> I know that guy um so yeah um so do you recommend it to people yay nay I wouldn't I mean, pay money for it no don't pay money um, for it I mean like I said the flying ship was cool they had a big battle between two flying ships was which was kind of cool see the battle scenes and the fight scenes were all great yep uh they were a um. Very, very dynamic and a lot of fun, and those those really uh, those really contrasted with the scenes where people have to talk, yeah. which stunk. <laughs> um, it, it's good for a matinee, uh, showing to your kids, or getting together a bunch of fellows for some heavy drinking and then watching it for a good laugh. Um, I can agree with that. But it is not a good movie. Yeah. It, it, it's not <laughs> if you just want to watch a Three Musketeers movie, I'll recommend the Disney one. Um, yeah. But there's no steampunk in the Disney one. That's just straight up Musketeers. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with Same that. Movie. Um, but I mean, the only reason this was even considered as a steampunk movie is because it had the flying ships in it. And that that, that was it. Other than that, it's yeah, a Three Musketeers movie. Great. Yeah. Um, if, if you're into... Um, man, I hated everything. The Rococo Kingdor. style. <laughs> but, I mean... It was accurate for the time period, I'm assuming. I don't know that well very well, but if it wasn't accurate, it was still... It, it was gaudy. Yeah, very it gaudy. Was, it was I, crazy gaudy, and it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I hate the pumpkin pants. I hate pumpkin pants. Yeah. Well, <laughs> nobody looks good in pumpkin pants. <laughs> but, <laughs> Except for Orlando Bloom. <laughs> but his weren't that gaudy. That's why. <laughs> and I think you have to have the enormous pompadour to, to kind of balance it out. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have I don't have any hair to, to get a pump to get a pompadour, so I'm never going to wear those pants. But yeah, that's where if, if you're a costumer and you like the musketeers, uh, looking at those costumes, you want to see more of that. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, it's a stinker of a movie. <laughs> yep, but we watched it for you. For you, we do these things, <laughs> and we'll do it again and again as long as you people listen to us. Keep listening to us, please. Start listening. No. <laughs> <laughs> tell your friends about us. Tell your steampunk friends about us. Introduce people to, to steampunk and then tell them to listen to us. Where are we? Do we have more time? Let's oh, see. we have time. I mean, we might go a little late, but we can speed things along okay. if we have All to. Right. It's 47 minutes. All right. Let's do, a, let's do a book review. Right. Okay. I read a book. No. 
I read a book. It was a big book, over 400 pages long. It had the big words? It had, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it had the big words. No pictures even, except on the cover. But, but I saw this book at the Half Price Bookstore, and the cover is Scream Steampunk. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's it's uh, a book called, by, written by a gentleman named Chris Wooding. It's called The Iron Jackal, A Tale of the Keddy J. Now, from what I understand, this is actually the third book that he's written as A Tale of the Keddy J. But you didn't know that until like an hour ago. Yeah, until now. Because when you look inside, they usually have a list of previous books. And there's another book called The Ace of Skulls. And it said it wasn't coming out to August 2014, which was after this book. So as far as I was concerned, that would make that the fourth book in the series now. Right. That we've learned. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, it's okay. It was a standalone adventure. You don't have to read the others. Um, anyway, right off the bat, I mean, on the cover, the guy's holding what we call our the Maverick um, the Nerf guns. Maverick, <laughs> uh, the classic uh, friend to all steampunks. Yep. So that's what that's what makes it. That's what they, that's that, that was just right off the bat the picture. <laughs> The reviews, I'll say, you know, picturesque steampunk fantasy. There's a bunch of steampunk written in the reviews. So I figured, okay, it's a steampunk book. I'll read it. I forget. Did we do Firefly steampunk or not? <laughs> and I think so, sure. So Firefly falls under steampunk, or at least Weird yeah. West or close to Weird West, close to Weird West, sci-fi. In, in the broad, you know, open-minded <laughs> steampunk, unless it clearly isn't. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Okay, then. Then this book... It's steampunk because it is essentially Firefly. <laughs> if you like Firefly, I do. Then you'll like this book. <laughs> I, I want to like. This book. I, I will. Let, I will leave this book here for you <laughs> because it is. It's a. It's a tale of the Keddie J. The Keddie J is the name of their ship that they're flying in. It's a spaceship. They never left. It's it, no. What? It's just a flying ship that they have that goes from plant around the planet. They never leave. They never leave the planet. They never leave the atmosphere. <laughs> so they talk about it as a planet. Yeah, it's not Earth. Okay. <laughs> it's not Earth. Oh. Whole another whole other history, whole other planet. Other ships that leave the planet and go other places. Not that they mentioned in this book. Okay. So it's not you know outer space Firefly, but as far as the ship and a crew. I'm just trying to get an idea, of, you know, how modern. It's it, it's cool. It leads more towards science fiction. Okay. <laughs> but okay. it's but like I said, but Firefly was very science fiction, you yeah, know, because they were in outer space and then mm-hmm. you know blah blah blah. blah. But it's yeah. Okay, if you like Firefly, you'll like this book. This book. Was a roller coaster of action. <laughs> there was action packed. It starts off with an action with an action scene. I mean, and what I like about it, like the first the first chapter, it starts off the title of the first chapter: a needless gunfight, rooftops. His final words: Frey gets kicked in the face a lot. <laughs> a little misunderstanding. <laughs> that's the that's the first that's the first chapter. Not even a sentence. It's just like here we go. Exactly. But, and it just goes on from there. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, there's some downtime, of course, and it's good because you need it. Because, like, I, I'm reading this book, and the action scenes, are they get intense. And I'm like, oh, my God, are these, you know, i got to take a break because this is just too intense. <laughs> so this is not a book you read with you while you sleep. No. <laughs> no, definitely not. It got my heart pumping. Because wow. <laughs> I'm like, come on, I got you, what's going to happen next? So it was a great book. I loved it. I, I want to read more of this guy's of this guy's series. That you know, I'll, I'll look into the first two books apparently, since it's the third one. <laughs> so I thought that was very interesting uh, an hour ago when we looked this up on Google and said, "Oh, this doesn't uh, this isn't the first book." Of course, we always look for the first book in a series. So yes. 
you know. Yeah, if I had known this wasn't the first book, I would not have read it. I would have waited until I found the first book. Because, yeah, why would you, why would you, let's start with book three. Because yeah. reasons. But um, it's a standalone adventure. You don't really need to read the other books. Because I, I didn't realize, I didn't feel like I'd missed something, that I missed out on something. Which I think is, is interesting. Uh, I, I in, in reading series before, when you get to the third or fourth book, um, they're established. At least in the first chapter, you see the writer sort of revisit stuff you already know to sort of catch people up mm-hmm. who, you know, may have not read the last book recently, or maybe just pick up this third book because <laughs> mistakes. Um, so I wondered, you know, what's the experience of someone who hasn't read those other things before jumping into the middle of the pool? Um, but you you had no problems with it. No, I had no? no problems with it. I did not realize it was a third book at all. You know. So that's I think that that speaks to the to the author. Um, I mean it does. I mean it does mention things, but it's not like if you hadn't read the book, then you're not gonna know what this thing is. It's just kind of like kind of filling in their past kind of thing situation. Okay. Like this is this person's past life, or this is what they did before they joined the crew. But that you know that could be in any book. It doesn't have to be the first book or the third book or whatever. You know, they can just be reminiscing or whatever. You know, I mean, I mean, this, the next the next book listed here is called The Ace of Skulls, and there was a mention in here about the Ace of Skulls in this book, or you know, so I'm, I'm but assuming nobody knows what that is, yet, right? I'm assuming they were talking about that, but it was talking like it was a past experience. So maybe he's not writing them in time order or chronological order. <laughs> you know, what I mean? huh. maybe like the Ace of Skulls is like a here, you know, a previous adventure. I don't know, <laughs> but it hasn't been written yet, or it wasn't written when they wrote this book. But yeah, I just said good things about this author about how you know this this but, encapsulates a whole story, but it makes me nervous. But it was because Star Wars, you know. I don't think it was like that. Episode it's not one like through that. three, written you know, out of order. Yeah, and they. Oh, I don't have to. Tell I don't think it'll be anything like that. I honestly <laughs> don't think it because it, it was just a real brief mention. It wasn't like you. Okay. You know, I, the only reason I, I just saw that and it's like, huh, okay, maybe you know. But you know, it was a it was a good book, very good. It's a like I said, a roller coaster of action. <laughs> it's like it's like, come on, these people need a break. <laughs> you know, there's all this stuff going on, but they 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 take it and they they take it well, you know, <laughs> and they deal with it and they become you know they become more of a cohesive crew at the end, okay. you know, because of it all. And so it felt like a first book. Yeah, so it did. Establishing characters mm-hmm. and building relationships that they can then run forward with. In the Avengers too, exactly, <laughs> right, right, because that's what Avengers, the first Avengers movie, was kind of all about, putting these people together and right. watching them fight with each other. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Because I mean, at first, I mean, at first, there's some some people in in the crew that I that I didn't like. You know, they're like, this this why is he even on this crew? He's an asshole, or whatever. But everyone, everyone, they, they it all comes together in the end. So I really I really recommend this book, Chris Wooding, The Iron Jackal: A Tale of the Ketty J. Or or our OCD, you can look for the first book. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot what that was called already. Dang it. Let's go back to the uh, internet here. <laughs> Books. Uh-oh. We got dead space. Got to keep talking. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> precious. So while he's looking that up, I'm going to talk. I'm gonna start talking about... Yeah, I want to talk about mine. Oh, you want to talk about his book? Look it up for yourself. I don't care. It's called. <laughs> <laughs> he has a book that's simply called Steampunk. Steampunk. Exclamation point. Yes. Exclamation point. An anthology of fantastical, original, strange stories. Now, uh, if you've been into steampunk for very long, you've probably seen this book already. Yes, it's it everywhere. Was, it was the first book I ever 
not, think I've ever not seen. Not to be confused with another book called Steampunk. This one is edited by uh, Kelly Link and Gavin J. Grant. Um, it's got a bright red burgundy color uh, with tons of gears on it and uh, a lady's hand with a really weird pocket watch and butterflies and blimps. <laughs> Steam very, trains, very, all kinds of, you know. Steampunk iconography? Uh, very much. <laughs> all, all of the things. Um, it, it, it like, you, like I said, is an anthology of short stories. Um, and uh, as I mentioned in the episode five or so. Did you finally read them all? Did you get through uh, the whole book now? Sure I did. Okay, sure. sure. Or enough of them. Um, I, did a, I did a review of another anthology book, and I uh, said before, I, I struggled with anthology books um, because for me, it feels like starting a story is a great undertaking. I don't know anything and I'm having to learn these new characters and getting to a writing style and get a feel for a story. And it feels like an undertaking. Um, and with a novel, I only have to do that once and I right. keep on rolling through the story until the end, yes. unless it stinks. Yes, I but this, but the, the anthologies, I'm having to relive that that struggle over and over and over. So I have a hard time. Which is, which is with, with this new story, it. right? Um, well, however, for most of these, just reading the first few few lines and you know getting into it was really easy. And this this mental block I have is probably unnecessary. Uh, I really liked a lot of these stories. Um, and there are very few stinkers uh, all the way to the end. I, I, with most anthologies, as I am to understand, the good stories are up front. And as you keep reading, sort of the, the, the later end of the book, they're not as good. And I don't think that's the case here okay. uh, for the most part. Um, I did find myself asking uh, in my mind, is this really steampunk? Is that <laughs> steampunk? You know how we do on the show. Right, that's what we're supposed to do. That's is what we're it, here for. Is, is, does that count as steampunk? And sometimes I said, no. I, I don't I don't think the story was especially steampunk, or, or that one was. Um, but they were all good. Okay, well, um, that makes up for it. And so, maybe, I'm just too cranky and... and on what uh, steampunk? <laughs> strict in my concept of steampunk. Um, I don't know. Uh, one of the best stories I liked, uh, or one of, a really good one that I thought was not steampunk, but was a really good read, uh, was The Summer People by Kelly Link, who uh, is one of the editors. Uh, so, how about that? Um, and she writes the story uh, in what I, I guess is Appalachia, based on uh, the, the style of, of speech, but it's modern. Um, so you don't see a lot of, uh, uh, steampunk stories that are based in modern times Appalachia. No, not, no, no, you don't, no. Um, but it's about this girl who has to, um, basically do the housekeeping and, and what have you. She, she has a job, um, going into people's houses, uh, of the, the more wealthy parts of town. And also this house up the, up the hill where the summer people live. Hmm. And it's never referred to anybody, anything except for the summer people. And they're never given a description, even though you run across them 
in the in the short story, and it's very creepy and mysterious and cool. And I took them to be like fairies. Okay. Like I, I've heard the fairies referred to as the summer people before. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, traditionally and in other stories, um, so. It felt like that, but no one ever actually says that these are fairies. No, it's, it's, so it's kind of cool. like leaning into the horror or suspense or uh, kind of is it, it not not frightening but macabre, okay, sort of bizarreness, it's like the M. Night Shyamalan feel on some of his movies. Like, with the what was that one where they were behind Possibly? the fence? Oh, uh. Um, it, Okay, never mind. But scratch that. If if you're familiar with other uh, uh, modern modern fairy tale stuff, mm-hmm. um, Neil Gaiman does, does oh, okay. a great job of establishing those feel of a story. Um, this felt a really really good that way, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but you didn't really think it was steampunk. No, no, uh, except for the the strange wind-up geared okay. toys that the that was summer the- people would make and and let her play with that did you know amazing things that that a you know clockwork toy wouldn't be able to do uh, uh, if if made by human hands. Um, if that was steampunk enough for you, I guess it sort of fits. But <laughs> okay. Eh, that, not a, not a strong steampunk uh, thing to it, but most of the other ones, uh, I, I I would say, clearly fit into uh, uh, the a certain level of, or not so of steampunk, um, and and each one was was a great read, um, for the most part. There was one or two I could probably pick out and say, eh, I didn't really care for these, but who cares? It's an anthology. There's going to be all kinds of um, up and downs. The last one I read, I read them all. <laughs> I read the last two stories. Uh, that's that's but, okay. Um, Steam Girl by Dylan Horrocks um, was uh, is it was definitely my favorite uh, story uh, about uh, a, a strange, quirky uh, girl. It's told by the in the again. It's a modern uh, story uh, about this sort of teenage boy spoken in in first person sort of like writing into a journal kind of okay um Did it stay in first person the whole way <laughs> unlike the last one i read that it, it sort of um i mean it is when it's appropriate to okay um and he meets this quirky girl that's bullied in school and and made fun of just the way he is um and i mean just that alone got got me right in the feelers oh no <laughs> because you know i it's easy to to uh, connect with with uh, for for me with people in that that experience. Like, oh, I know what that is like. Right. Great kids, <laughs> and uh, and she, he, he they, they sort of make a connection, and uh, she begins telling him stories at lunch uh, behind the dumpsters or wherever, away from other everybody else about this. She tells him steampunk stories okay. about the steampunk girl or heroine of these stories and uh, just, uh, you know, plays them along uh, a thousand and one Arabian Nights oh, style. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, 
leaving them in leaving suspense, them in suspense uh, at the end of the day and uh, um, and, and it, it, cre creating this world of that she's escaping into um, and sort of pulling him in but it's a secret world that you know you don't want to tell the other kids because they'll just make fun of it right and uh, and uh, make you feel like crap um, and there comes a point where I mean, because it's a because it's a story, mm -hmm. you don't know if this is just something that she's making up, or it's a Mary Sue story. Uh, I don't know what that is. Okay, uh, you've seen. I, I know you've read stories like this where clearly the author is is the main character in the story. Okay. You know, falling asleep and time traveling into a medieval world where she's a heroine and blah blah blah. Okay, yes, okay. but in reverse. Ah. So this girl is telling stories about steampunk girl, and at the end of these stories, she's thrown out of the universe and into our dull, drab, non-magical, horrible, mediocre okay. world. Okay. So it's sort of a reverse Mary Sue okay. thing. So just the, the steam girl's finding herself in a regular dull world. Right, and she, okay. that, that she can't escape back into uh, the world where she wants to be. Um and uh, I thought that was really interesting, and it was really fun to read, and I really found it easy to connect with uh, uh, the the main character, the the narrator, mm -hmm. the boy who uh, is just a, 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 an outlier, uh, a geek, uh, someone who's bullied and and abused in school and I, I really it really got me got me the feels <laughs> and I had to put the book down because I, I wasn't you had, the, you had the process and <laughs> yeah I, you know sometimes you, you see people or memes on Facebook uh, about readers who you know just gone through this emotional mm -hmm. uh, experience through a book and looking around and why doesn't the rest of the world understand what just happened to me <laughs> and I didn't really I thought that was sort of a silly meme but now I get it. Wow, just yeah. a stupid any, little any, story. Well, any, like, any story that brings across any kind of feeling is a good story. I mean, you know, yeah, especially if it's in the, a, an emotional usually hit. get our, like, escapism yeah. and action adventure. But if, it, but if it hits you in the feels, that's a good story. <laughs> I, just, I just wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that sort of emotional entanglement. So, great. Awesome. Uh, some good stories in here. Definitely worth uh, checking out. I can see why this is... Is everywhere because it's a well, it's a well it's a used book. It's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Um, that, I think that's that's all I have to say about that. Steampunk exclamation point or bang, <laughs> as the kids say now. Right by Kelly Link, uh, and edited by Kelly Link and Gavin J. Grant. Yeah, that's important because there's a lot of books out there just labeled steampunk. You know, I think there's like there's steampunk and there's steampunk one or steampunk two, and steampunk three. This is not of that series. Um, this might be good too. Right. No, I haven't gotten that far. Right. But I think you have some on your shelf, right? Uh, there's a lot of books on the shelf <laughs> that, that need reading. Uh, well, well, we're running a little late, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this real quick. It's a it's a, it's a graphic novel that I, that I, that we we met the guy many years ago uh -huh. at um there be monsters uh, a convention called Here There Be Monsters. Yeah, there be it monsters doesn't exist anymore. No, but uh, uh, this guy Tony Salvaggio, yep. uh, he's an Austin local. He's in a uh, metal band called Sands, Sands of, of Mars. Mars. Yeah, I believe so. Um, 
and he wrote. Um, it's a no, it's a it's a graphic novel. Hardback novel called Clockworks. W e r x, one word. Clockworks. Uh, um, distributed by Humanoids. Uh, yep. Which is not a comic book company that I'm familiar with usually. Yeah, there's they do a few comics out there. It's not one of the big. Big publishers out there, but I think he remember, I think he originally said this was published in French, <laughs> right? At first, right. and he had a bear of a time trying to get translated into English and then published in the U.S. Yeah. Um, the artist by a gentleman named John Baptiste Hostish, Hostish, I don't know, uh, John Baptiste. Uh, <laughs> I can't pronounce I his last name. I don't pronounce but, French, but the the art is fantastic. Yeah, it's a very painted look, like paintings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's all full color uh, by by really glorious artists. Um, even if you didn't care about comics, just seeing these these pictures are just mind blowing. Yeah, um, it's very impressive, very picturesque. I mean, they can be paintings on their own. Mm -hmm, some of them. Mm -hmm. And the story, I'll read it real quick. It's London, 1899, a disgraced detective, a beautiful engineer on the run, a mysterious energy source, and an electric team of robot pilots. <laughs> it's steampunk. It's steampunk. I decided. I mean, just on the cover, there's a huge steam mech. <laughs> yeah, giant robots. Ch chasing after some cars. <laughs> um, honestly, I mean, I liked it, but when I'm reading it, remember when I, when I, re when I reviewed that novel with... Um, the Peculiar Affairs novel. Mm -hmm. I said there was, you know, there's a London guy trying to take over. He was going to take over the government <laughs> by building the mechs, and people were disappearing mysteriously. Yeah. Very similar plot here. <laughs> uh, okay. um, basically, people were disappearing off the docks, and it turns out, you know, there's this, you know, highfalutin aristocrat guy who wants to take over the government, <laughs> and you know, he found this mysterious element that for power. Which is the only thing that can power these giant mechs? Unobtainium. Unobtainium, essentially. I forgot what they called it. Something weird in here as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> but. Petroleum. <laughs> but these giant, these giant mechs that they built. This was the only thing that can run them. That can run hot enough, and well, and good enough to run, to, to to power them. That's why this this element was it was important. Okay. And he was going to use these mechs to take over London, or the government. <laughs> You know, yeah. Sure. They call them clock. They call them clocks, which is, I guess, clockworks is the title. But they call okay. these giant mechs clocks. At first, I didn't quite know what they were until they actually showed them. I was like, oh, that's what the clocks are. They call them clocks. So they're they're like a, they're yeah, steam powered clock, clockwork vehicles. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're steam powered clockwork vehicles. They're steam powered because I mean, like I said, instead of burning coal, they're burning this new element that they found. <laughs> instead, because okay. you know, that's the only thing that can burn hot enough to run them, is what they're. That's how they said it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I mean, it was it was a good story, but um, but but the whole time I'm thinking, I read this in the Peculiar Affairs novel, <laughs> so but but if I had read this one first and then the the other novel, I would have been the other way around. It's like, well, I read this in that in that in that <laughs> in that graphic novel, you know. It was good. I, I enjoyed it, and like I said, the art is beautiful. If you don't want to read it, then just look at the art. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. I mean, if you want inspiration for uh, your steampunk costume, or just to get a better idea of you know where where your mind wants to go, man, just just look at these pictures of uh, of the Victorian costumes, mm -hmm. and then the wild goofy gadgets 
and uh, vehicles, and of course the giant mech. Uh, <laughs> so cool. Yeah, I mean, I liked I liked it a lot. I, I really did. If, so compared to the novel, which which do you prefer? I kind of like the novel better, but mostly because the novel, the main characters of the novels were very. It was like more spy work. Okay. You know, more like you know, like a like a James Bond or Steel. Miss Holly had a lot more. Yeah, they opportunity had opportunity to develop. Yeah. Uh, what what they're exactly this one this one focused on the per, on the lady who actually there was a woman who who developed the clock the clocks or the, the giant mechs, and she realized what they were going to use for, and they were just going to try to you know. They, she stole some, and they're going to use those to stop to stop the the, the the bad guy, you know, turn on them. You know, it was a straight up, you know, I I, I don't like what this, I don't like what my invention is going to be used for. I got to stop it. <laughs> it kind of like practice of science, which we talked about. Yeah. Last yeah, I mean, but the other one, like I said, the other novel that was more spy work and you know, mystery and what's going on, secret societies. I mean, they weren't exactly the same. Just the overall general plot of an aristocrat wanting to take over the take over the world or the, or the government. <laughs> using these mechanical monsters, that was that was the only similarity really was the overall general plot. Um, but I, I do recommend it. It's a, it's a big, it's an oversized book. It's not a comic book size <laughs> normally. Yeah, it's a hardback. Uh, it's a nice book. It has a nice little. Eleven. So it comes with a, a ribbon page <laughs> bookmark. bookmark, and it, it's, it's a really it's a really beautiful book. But so that that's that. Um, so so thanks for listening. Please come back next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as mentioned, uh, leave us comments with uh, anything that uh, occurred to you while listening to the show. Thanks for listening right. to the end here. Um, comments, questions. If you go to one of these events that we talked about at the top of the show, uh, give us reviews. Tell us how yeah, they were. Tell us about it. If, if, um, you, if you have a book that you recommend, let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, book or, or comic book or anything, you know, let us know. Uh, we will certainly be back in two weeks. Talk about who knows what. Um. <laughs> yep, so it's once again Texas Steampunk Connection. You can find us on Facebook. I will put as many links up as I can under the under this podcast. I will put the link up and I will put under the comments, I will put the links to the things we talked about on them. You know, so if you so you can check them out. And until next week. And mind your gauges. <laughs>